Hey everyone, and welcome to Trends and Teens, where we bring you real chats on what's buzzing. On this week's episode, sadly no Gordo, but luckily I'm joined by Adriana and Angus, two teachers who will give us an update on teaching conditions in New South Wales and if they're consistent across the state. While on the topic of less than ideal working conditions, quiet quitting is the current anti-work movement asking us all to reevaluate our outlook on our work life. We chat about this trend, if it's really doing us any justice, or if there's potentially another way we can achieve the work-life balance we want to do. A very big welcome to the show. My name is Scott. I'm joined by Adriana and Angus. Welcome to the show. How are you both? I'm good. I'm Scott, Thank you. good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Adriana, I know this has been your second time on the episode, and Angus, this is your very first time, so we will be very gentle, and I'm sure... Uh, you'll adopt to it like a pro that you uh, instinctively are. Can I just start this episode by um, acknowledging that being a teacher in New South Wales probably isn't particularly great at the moment. I think we were talking off the um, off air that last March, so probably a good year and a half, your teachers' federation, your teachers' union has been essentially fighting for better working conditions for all teachers across the state. And it's probably come with a bit of mixed success. We're now a year and a bit later from that date. Is things getting any better for teachers? Uh, is there been some kind of gradual improvement or is it still see how it comes? Hopefully in the next few months, maybe a year or so, we might actually see an improvement for teachers. Um, yeah. So like a real whirlwind, like review of what kind of happened I suppose there was like a big inquiry that went out and basically just said that uh you know they asked for a lot of feedback from teachers and they were finding consistently a lot of work in 60 hour weeks and just going through like a lot of burnout and things like that um and you know definitely still seeing that in and across teaching there's kind of a lot of apathy as well towards the system because you know my choices are kind of be a head teacher or a principal or uh, stay in my own lane and just be mm. a teacher, which, you know, that's respectable, but I suppose pushing yourself and uh, everyone around you can look in different ways and that's not there in teaching and it's uh, there's some positives, but it doesn't look like it's enough to kind of keep everyone happy in the system. No, because I think some of the issues that we've been trying to uh, fight against, I suppose, in terms of with the um, union's campaign, um, I think the focal point seems to be a lot about that we want more money <laughs> and it's very mm -hmm. much not about that. Um, I mean, more money would be nice. I don't think anyone would say that that would be a bad thing. But um, honestly, I think that we just want our work reflected in what we get paid and um, often we're also looking for essentially more time to do the job that we have um, because the, the massive workload and the burnout comes from the fact that we need to pull these massive weeks um, and it's just not being reflected in definitely in our salaries but also in the way that we're respected in the media and in the general population. So it's those sorts of things that we would like to see change as well. And I wouldn't say that those things have gotten better in the time that the uh, union campaign has been on uh, really at all from yeah and what I want to touch on is that kind of massive workload that uh, teachers are experiencing because between you two you have experience working in a rural school um, maybe like an outer city sort of school and and inner city um, is that sort of work pressure consistent across those settings so um, Angus you've done rural and inner city maybe I'll start with you and then Adriana about their um, outer city schools 
is it kind of the same that workload or is it, are you a bit more supported in an inner city school or rural school than in the other um the different places have you know different supports and different shortcomings for sure um in terms of the i suppose support available uh just by sheer numbers of people that are around in sydney i've got a bit more support from you know more people i suppose when i'm in um my inner city school that i'm in now um but if we're thinking about things like uh, casual teachers or people that I can kind of call on and say, hey, I've got to, um, you know, take off. Do you mind taking a class of mine or I've got to be away for the day? There's a lot of um, anxiety about doing those things because we have very little casual teachers and, you know, the people that we do have in the schools are already stressed and burnt out as well. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, not very supportive, I suppose, in that way that there's not many people to call on to, um, you know, pick up a day for you or, Mm -hmm. you know, throw a load of marking towards and just say, look, I'm really behind. Do you mind doing that? There's, you know, can't do those little things. And I think the thing rurally is there's a lot of missing out of uh, those things that, you know, you you like about school, like you know school camps kind of running and none of those fun activities like excursions or sports days because there's, you know, you've got two PE teachers when you're supposed to have five mm. type of thing. So, you know, what are you supposed to do? And Adriana, is that similar to working in a, uh, say an outer city, outer west kind of school? Is that a similar experience? Yeah, I've certainly noticed those similarities with regards to, uh, you know, lack of casual teachers because I know lots of people that have left the industry um, in my nine years that since I've left uni um, and are now not in the industry at all because of the workload and the burnout um, and the expectations. But for me, having just shifted um, in Sydney itself, um, I think that the difference for me has been in, you know, the difference in expectations from the community. Um, Mm -hmm. the workloads are not necessarily different in their, um, amount. They're just different in the way that you go about things and the, the things that the community really, um, focuses on or, or favors, you know, the wellbeing focus might be different at one school as opposed to, I don't know, the focus on NAPLAN results or the focus on HSC results. Um, and so I think that, I think that the job is, is hard everywhere, um, it's mm-hmm. just about, as Angus was saying before, those differences in the support that you have, um, but also the support in the community, I think makes a big difference because yeah, if they value different things, then different things are going to be placed focused on. I might add that I guess, um, currently you're both, uh, about to end, uh, one of the few, uh, holiday breaks you get throughout the year. So is this this underlining expectation that you work pretty hard throughout the term? Uh, you might do the occasional extra hour here or there, or a couple of extra hours. Um, just a couple. A couple, just, just yeah, just a couple, because you know that at the end of your um, term period, you've got two weeks that is pure bliss. It's just you you can switch off. You don't have to work. So you, you know maybe it's like. A, not that you don't have any grounds to complain, of course, but <laughs> you work hard for 10 weeks because you know at the end of the tunnel you've got two weeks of bliss and you can relax. Is that what you get? Is that what you've had over the past two weeks or is there a little bit of more uh, work that's spilled over into your holidays and you can't actually relax as much as you wanted to? 
there's always extra work to do in the holidays. Um, I mean, it's, you know, it is certainly is nice to not have to front up in the office and have to manage mm-hmm. students in the two weeks and, you know, being able to sleep in and have a holiday or, um, you know, do all of those sorts of things. But it also means that we have the time to catch up on life admin that we don't get the opportunity to really do um, during the the school term because of exactly the things that Angus was talking about before where we don't have the freedom to like duck out at lunchtime and go have a doctor's appointment or mm. um, or anything like that that other, you know, there's more flexibility in other um, industries for that sort of thing. But also it's important for us to use some of those holiday periods to make sure that we're as prepared as you possibly can be to get into the next term because um, I'm sure that Angus feels the same way. I feel like I go into work every day and have a certain idea of what's going to be ahead of me and often my workday looks quite different and I'll get to the end of the day Mm. and my to-do list might only be a third done if I'm lucky and – but it's not that I haven't (laughs) been sitting – it's not that I've been sitting around doing nothing, you know. Um, because you've got behavioral issues that pop up or you've got well-being things that come across and you need to be, you know, assisting a student at lunchtime or having a detention at lunchtime or something like that. So I kind of see the holiday period as an opportunity to get some of those hours back that I might not have Mm -hmm. had during the school term. As I said, both to do life admin stuff, but also just to, I don't know, sometimes it's nice to watch something on Netflix or. (laughs) Yeah. So then I might throw to you, Angus, then of this two week holiday period, how much of that would you probably say you actually had in terms of downtime and how much of that was either catching up or planning for the term ahead um, in terms of school related work? Um, Well, what Addy was saying there about, um, you know, your day being kind of not your own when you're at work, you know, you're you're being Mm -hmm. dragged in so many different directions that really hit me these holidays because I've, I've, um, you know, normally I try and do maybe two to three hours a day during the holidays of just, you know, your marking or your lesson planning, but I've probably worked, um, you know, a bit more these holidays, but it's all been stuff that I've been keen to do. So, you know, Mm. um, you know, brushing up on some stuff and it's just been good that I've, had you know the time of doing what I want to do rather than oh I've got to go support my you know guy that sits next to me he's have got a kid outside of class because they were doing the wrong thing and uh or you know trying to finish off a couple of reports that the deputy sent back or something like that um uh, having that sense of control has been really nice Mm. um for the last two weeks and but there are some holidays so my uh between terms two and three I was just absolutely exhausted you know I was a lot of life stuff going on so I spent those two weeks just to I suppose just refresh and um Mm -hmm. you know I think uh the interesting thing is I suppose like I was probably better off for it from you know a personal and professional thing right like it's uh a bit fatiguing to be around young people with uh you know such big personalities and you know like uh you know you walk into school sometimes and get sworn at and stuff like that that obviously takes a bit of uh (laughs) yeah it doesn't just roll off a duck's back sort of thing all the time and uh you just gotta you know get yourself fresh so you can get back into the next innings type of thing. So Angus, I might stick with you on this one then because you both are entering the last term of the year um, 
which is probably quite hectic in terms of end of year reports, maybe the HSC. Um, and so probably a lot has been asked of teachers uh, at this end of the year, maybe at uh, other parts. Is there anything coming up that's a silver lining in terms of teachers getting a step closer to the uh, the working conditions they're fighting for or that recognition um, that they deserve? Or is this hopefully 2023 is the year that teachers uh, get in the spotlight and actually get some recognition? Um. Yeah, it's really interesting. I suppose from a personal standpoint, um, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to the year ahead for me personally in my context, mm. you know, around a lot of supportive people and a really supportive community who, you know, are involved in the school and, you know, really appreciate us. Um, but if I think a little bit more holistically, unfortunately, you know, we are at the whims of a state organization and a state-owned organization. So you look at, um, you know, the fact that we've got an upcoming election and mm. uh, we're kind of a bit of a, uh, you know, one of the chess pieces in what does become uh, like a election campaign. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's where it gets a little bit worrisome of, I suppose, we know how it's going to be with the current government, but, you know, we've got some uh, suggestions of what the other government might do, but at the end of the day, we're apolitical and we just kind of, I suppose, uh, find it hard to uh, be a, like I say, feel like we're a little bit of a neutral chess piece on a very strange chessboard and that doesn't help us from a holistic point of view. Mm. And there's lots of things I think that get thrown our way that seem to be like, here, have this wonderful thing. Um, you know, like, for example, we've got um, new curriculum coming up um, in the next couple of years um, after we've had quite a bit of curriculum change in the last 10 years, um, moving to the Australian curriculum and also, you know, new updates to the way that the HSC looks and things like that, which don't get me wrong. It's important that we are moving forward and making these changes you know, for the world that we are trying to prepare our students for and also attempting mm. to make things better and things um, not only smoother for us as teachers but more useful for, for students. But um, unfortunately there's very little time that's provided for those things. I feel like a lot of what Angus is talking about in terms of us being a political football is that we um, are often seen as being uh, less than because the mm. results aren't great or, you know, we can see that behaviour is changing or that students' anxiety is rising and all of these things seem to land at our feet as opposed to the broader systemic issues that keep happening because we keep getting thrown things like Angus was talking about before with regards to lots of administration and lots of um, paperwork that is um, related to accountability, which is important, as I say. Mm. Um but, you know, we've been told that, for example, we are being given some more time to do these things, uh, like we're getting a new um, professional development day tacked on this year and next year, which hopefully will be very useful um, because being able to be at work and getting those things done is important. But unfortunately, those sorts of times are often filled with administration or projects mm. that are really broad and should be useful, but unfortunately just don't have the time to become useful. And I love what Angus said before about having time in the holidays to be able to do things that he's actually keen on doing because 
that's the thing that breaks my heart really often about, um, you know, myself as a teacher, but also lots of other people as teachers, because we're all university educated, enthusiastic, keen people, um, Mm. who really want to do the best by our students, but also, especially being secondary teachers, we've chosen to teach subjects because we love them and we want to show that love. And so it's frustrating that we don't get that time very often to actually be able to create really good resources or have that time with students that allows us to have that, um, that, that connection and that sharing of that passion that we have. So it would be nice if those sorts of things got better, if we were given a little bit more time um, mm. which I think is the important thing. As I said before, it often comes down to people think that we want more pay, but really we want more time. I would love to have more time. <laughs> Can I ask then, and this is a, a nice kind of transition to the, the next thing I want to talk about, um, this sort of anti-work movement that's popping up uh, around quiet quitting because, mm. um, you know, I think it works probably really well for people who are in those uh, maybe more co- like corporate-based uh, roles where it's you know maybe profit driven and you know it's just you kind of feel like you're a cog in the in the machine so it doesn't matter if you drop off I look like personally work for a not-for-profit and so sometimes I feel like uh, even though I might have some elements from my job that I'm not particularly satisfied with it's the it's that vulnerable group that we serve that may get impacted if I don't do like quote-unquote the best um, job I could do possibly is that the same in teaching, I guess. Do you have you kind of witnessed this kind of quiet quitting uh, movement come into the teaching space, or are you kind of under this assumption that, well, uh, well, I'm a teacher, and if I don't deliver, someone's education is impacted, so I don't have, I can't just do what my job description says. I need to do everything I can, otherwise, you know, the well, your results just keep dropping in terms of um, teaching outcomes. Open to either one of you who wants to have a crack at that. <laughs> Um, I mean, I, I do agree with you that, that, that motivation of, you know, the reward of seeing students have that aha moment, uh, it's, Mm. it's powerful. Um, you don't want to say that that doesn't exist or that that's not good enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think that that's, that's what gets us as teachers. Um, I don't necessarily think that I have personally seen quiet quitting in action, among um, my colleagues or my friends. Mm. Um, but certainly I have seen people who are more effective at that work-life balance because of the things that they have going on in their lives. Like I know that I've had conversations with some of my friends who were very different in terms of their work-life balance, say, before they had children. And I look at them mm. now that they have had children and I go, how do you manage it? And most of the time they would argue that they don't which is not true from the outside. <laughs> they manage it very well yeah. from the looks of things. Um, but it's those sorts of things that you do need to weigh up sometimes. How good is your own life? Because the more energy that you personally have, the more brain space you personally have, the better you are in the classroom. Um, mm. And I think that that's often forgotten um, in the, the scheme of things. So I do think there are ways to quiet quit as a teacher. Um, but I'll, I'll let Angus jump in before going on about that. (laughs) 
Um, yeah, I think it'd be really hard to do because I suppose um, unless I'm just going to chuck on, uh, you know, David Attenborough for my science classes, you know, four <laughs> or five periods a day, I'm not sure where yeah. I can kind of trim the fat. You know, if I don't do reports, I'm going to have, you know, 60 parents kind of ringing up their school a bit angry that they've got no feedback type of thing. But um, I think the... Uh, thing that's, I suppose, cool in a lot of other jobs that are very, um, you know, individually discussed around the parameters of your job, uh, you can say, you know, I'm willing to do these things, but I draw the line kind of here. So, you know, you might have to ne- be able to negotiate those types of things. Whereas, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're kind of all painted with the same brush that this is what history is expected to do so science is expected to do just as much as that and you know over in uh the other side of the state they're doing this so it just kind of becomes standard and then uh that ability to have this is where i draw the line and i work to this rule is not Mm. really uh something i can kind of see granted there are you know and have been people around me that kind of maybe don't put their hand up for things and they're absolutely entitled to do that but um and i imagine this is similar across all jobs that you know the less i do someone else is going to have to pick that up and then you know it gets to this point i suppose of how much people want certain people around as well Hmm. and i think that um that sort of thing is is why um we often lose young teachers really quickly in the first five years um, cause I'm not sure exactly what the statistic is off the top of my head, but it's a, a crazy amount that we lose within those first five years, but it's because often those teachers are the ones with, uh, sort of the most energy and enthusiasm, not the most, but you know, because they're mm-hmm. young and they're new and they're learning lots. Um, but also they are really keen and want to be involved in doing a lot of those extracurricular things. Um, and that often means that the workload is too much very quickly. And so I think that, um, I, I do agree that there is certainly that pressure that it comes from colleagues, not so much because people are actually pressuring you, but because exactly as Angus says, there's a certain job that needs to be done or there are kids that need mm-hmm. to be looked after and you know that it's either not going to happen or someone else has got to do it. Often that's the reason why, for example, we might um, go into work when we're sick because it's really right. difficult to um, have a day off because you need to plan all of your lessons for somebody else to pick up and depending on what time in the day you call as well um, because, uh, uh, you know, we need to call in at something like 6, 6.30 in the morning to say whether or not we're going to be there. Um, and if you're later than that, then your direct colleagues are the ones that need to pick it up or if there's mm. no casuals, which there often are, aren't, sorry, um, you know, they're left in, in the quad or they're combined with a different class or whatever, and you, there is that massive pressure that you know that somebody else is going to have to pick up that work. Um, so I think that that's a really hard thing in our industry. Uh, I just looked up attrition rates for, like, early teachers and it's, like, 50% of mm. – uh, like it wow. might be a little bit old, but like 50% of people within their first five years quit. And then 65% um, of teachers said they're thinking about quitting within the next five years, which is pretty massive. Yeah. Because I guess that's, that's the other, uh, oh, probably not so much anti-work, but the, the great resignation uh, movement is probably something that might be a little bit more applicable to teachers. Maybe looking to, um, have you both, 
um, if you're happy to share, consider just leaving the teaching game because the conditions um, aren't up to uh, what you hope they are. And so it's really challenging your motivation to stay in a profession that isn't being as respected as, as others. I mean, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to uh, keep it simple. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's a difficult thing to talk about because mm. certainly in this profession, because of those rewards that we were talking about before and, I mean, as I say, it is powerful working with kids when you see they them have these really massive life goals that they come across or even just things that they share with you. It's really difficult to consider not having that. Um if that's the reason that you came into the job for the first place, which it is for a lot of us, I would think. Um, but as I said, it's very difficult to find that energy and find the mm-hmm. the brain space to be able to to give to to pour from your own cup essentially when there's not really anything in there. So I mean, I, I, it's something that I would find very difficult to really seriously consider. But um, Mm -hmm. I know that it's conversation among many of my teacher friends, you know, what else would we do? Um, Because it's it's tough. It's really tough. Um, Yeah. But, yeah, we often come to the conclusion of – because the trouble is with with teaching as well that while there are certainly um, transferable skills, our degrees are quite specific and especially the further mm. that you get on in your career, the harder it is to try and figure out exactly how many of those transferable skills are actually transferable somewhere else. Um, yeah, I think it would be really hard to to actually go. <laughs> but, you know. Angus, yeah, Angus, is that a similar thing in the circles of, I guess, like your own school faculty? Is there um, murmurs of people considering just leaving their teaching game or as uh, Adriana said, it's, you know, you kind of come into this profession because you have those uh, aha moments where students are just um, empowered or, you know, really uh, hide in the education. And you probably can't get that, that same hit, if you will, from another profession. <laughs> uh, you make it sound like teaching is like addicting or something. <laughs> <I'd>, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's a bit of a being a science teacher, I suppose I work with an interesting lot of people who have, you know, been quite interesting previous professions that have moved into mm. teaching and, you know, people like myself that have just gone kind of straight from uh, school to uni to teaching. Um, but one one thing that's kind of been, a, I suppose, a sentiment is that, you know, have an ace up your sleeve and an exit strategy from teaching. Mm. And, uh, you know, I probably fall in that 65% that are thinking about leaving teaching in the next five years. And part of yeah. that's, um, you know, the lack of parameters around what I can do. You know, there's some really cool stuff that, you know, I think that I'm seeing that's a case of, you know, I'm not going to be able to try and work with that thing to run mm. this program in a school. So, you know, maybe I need to actually leave education and put that energy and skills elsewhere and, um you know, just have that idea of, you know, leaving to do other things rather than, uh, you know, spend six hours in a classroom teaching kids what cells are for the 10th time or something like that. And, you know, it can be quite cool and kids say some really cool stuff and you have cool conversations, but um, like, yeah, we're kind of at the whims of 
repeating mm. ourselves sometimes and, uh, you know, having an exit strategy is advice that's been quite genuinely given to me before. Mm. And maybe my um, to to wrap up this episode, because Adriana, you've said um, throughout this episode that it's not so much being the drive to earn more money as a teacher. I mean, of course, in any profession that helps. Say no. um, it's who would, yeah, who would <laughs> say no? Um, it's, it's having that support. What are some, I guess, maybe your wish list items that you think would really cement your, I don't want to say commitment, but, you know, could see continuing as a teacher, uh, for the foreseeable future. What, what could be something that's gifted to you? And I guess I'll come to you after as well, um, for your answers. Oh, how much time do you have to answer that question? Um, okay. So for me, I think that, um, like I was saying before, Really, the thing that I want is more time. Um, but what time looks like, it, it's 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 a big you know umbrella of things, not just you know literally having more hours in the day, which I would love to have. But um, you know, it 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 comes from things like smaller class sizes. You know, like at the moment, mm. I've got nearly thirty in all of my classes, which doesn't sound like a lot when you say it like that. But when you look at it, that I am responsible for the English education of about 150 kids and I'm expected to know their abilities, I'm expected to know their spelling, I'm expected to know um, their well-being and their home lives, that's quite a lot of information to be held in one brain. Um, mm. So having less students would be uh, would allow me to be able to serve the students I have better. Um, but also having less administration in terms of my workload, um, essentially having a bit more trust in me as a professional, as somebody who's been doing this job for a little while now, um, to be able to have the time to do the innovative, interesting things that I would like to do with the subjects that I'm passionate about and want to teach mm. properly. So more time would be the top of my my wish list, I think, <laughs> among other things, but that's probably the big one. <laughs> and uh, Angus, what, what about you? If you had a wish list, if there was something that could, considering you admitted that, you know, you might be one of those teachers considering a change of profession in the next five years, what is that tiblet that they could dangle in front of you that might keep you in the role for uh, hopefully the next couple of years? Um, to keep me around, like to, um, you know, Obviously, time's not going to come from anywhere, but maybe just a little bit less responsibility or different responsibilities. Um, you know, we've got a, so much admin and paperwork that just kind of gets filed away just to tick a box to say that we did this. You know, we've covered everything rather than like Addie was saying, you're a professional, you've, you know, gone to university for all mm. this stuff, you know, maybe just ticking a, ticking a box type exercise isn't the best way for you to spend your, spend your days. Um, obviously that's a, uh, a, a misre misrepresentation for, yeah. it's not quite that simple as ticking a box, a lot of these registers and things. Uh, so, you know, a bit of, bit of different responsibilities, I suppose, than those types of exercises. Uh, but the, from all the teachers I talk to, I don't think any of them kind of say, oh, it's about the money. But that in itself is kind of a thing, right? All the teachers who are in education are happy with the money. We mm. want the people who are not happy with what a teacher's on to attract those people to it. You know, that's why we need more money. You know, I'm, yes. I'm very happy and comfortable with my lifestyle, but not everyone would be happy with my lifestyle. 
Um, of so, you know, the money is, in my eyes, the big thing for attracting people. Uh, you know, I want to work with awesome people and mm-hmm. uh, people want to work with awesome people as well. So, you know, we need to bring them in to go from strength to strength, unfortunately. It's very true. Well, look, uh, I want to say as two people who very highly value time, um, I'm very appreciative that you've taken your afternoon out to jump on this episode. It's been a good opportunity to get an insight into the teaching situation here in New South Wales because at least for the past year and a half, it's been quite heavy in the media. Um, You're trying to get those better conditions and it's been, as we've sort of cleared up, not so much about getting money into the pockets of teachers. It's about getting more time and better resourcing. So we hope... Uh, in a future episode, when we get you both back on, it's happy days. You are just shouting from the rooftops. It is good to be a teacher. Um, so thank you both for your time. Have we convinced uh, you at all to uh, retrain Scott and become a teacher? <laughs> oh, right. Is that Was that the um, the ulterior motive to this episode was? Actually, we are, we are sponsored by the state government in New South Wales. In these show notes will be how you can sign up to be a teacher <laughs> and obviously work the dream job that both Addie and Angus have. So <laughs> We do love that, recruiting people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a referral bonus, right? You get that's that's how you get to make the money. <laughs> I wish. Um, Thank you both for your time. Um, As a wrap-up, Gordo will be back next week. If you love the episode and like what we do on Trends and Tings, you can follow us on Instagram at Trends and Tings. You can follow us on Patreon at 25 for a month, Patreon forward slash Trends and Tings. Until next week, I've been Scott. Gordo will be back. Thank you, everyone, for your time. Take care.